Life podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. This podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday normal rhythms of life. Gentlemen, would you introduce yourselves? How's it going, Alex Tate, Sacred City Youth Director? Joel Bickford, Deacon of Worship. Kevin Kinor, Biblical Counselor. All right. Well, welcome back to the podcast. We are working our way through Donald Whitney's book, Spiritual Disciplines of the Christian Life. And we have got, you know, we're about halfway through. I think we're about halfway through the disciplines that he talks about. And today we're going to talk about the discipline, the spiritual discipline of stewardship. Kevin, what is stewardship? Yeah, so stewardship is really the recognition that um, we are managers of everything we have in one sense, right? We've been given gifts from the Lord. We're called to to steward those. We're called to be over those, to have oversight of those in light of who God is and who he has made us to be. Mm. John the Baptist said in uh, John chapter 3, verse 27, that a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. Mm. And he kind of said that speaking of his ministry and his calling and the fact that honestly, in one sense, he was losing his ministry. So as he saw his ministry dissipating and going away, he's like, no, I'm not upset about it. I'm not upset about it because everything comes from God. Mm -hmm. A man can't receive anything unless it comes from God. And that's a theological truth. That's a biblical truth that everything we have has come as a gift in, in the sense that we don't deserve it. We've talk, we talk about it all the time. We deserve nothing but death, hell, and the grave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything above that is a gift of grace, right? Yep. We know, Scripture tells us that the Father owns the cattle on a thousand hills. In yep. other words, the, and Psalmist tells us uh, the heavens and the earth, all of it, it belongs to God. Um, all the money, like all the gold in the ground, it's all God's. Diamonds, mm-hmm. everything, it's all God's. So everything is His, and yet he gives some of it to us to manage. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to whom much is given, much is required, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there is a responsibility that we are to have as God's stewards, as God's managers. We're stewards of our home, our vehicles, our money, our kids, the gifts he gives us, the talents he gives us, the leadership, the time, all of these things are meant to be used in the ways Mm. that he has outlined in the scriptures for us to use them, Mm. right? Right. And you see this really clearly in Matthew 25, the parable of the talents. Jesus tells his parable. It talks about um, a manager leaving. It's basically God the Father and entrusts Five talents, I'm going off the top of my head here, mm-hmm. five talents to one, ten talents to two talents, and then one talent, is that it? Five, five two, and one. And the, the man with, that, gets the five, that gets the most, he goes and trades with that money. So he puts that money at risk, but he doubles his investment. Mm-hmm. And the two, one with two does the same thing. The one that was given one, so the one that was we would say has the smallest gift or he's the poorest of the bunch, he is more afraid of losing money than he is mm. desirous to multiply that gift and to see it grow. And so he just hides it. Mm. He just hides it until the manager gets back. And when the manager gets back, he commends two of them and he rebukes one of them and he calls them wicked. 
and the one who buried his talent, the one who didn't use it to make a, a make more, he gets in trouble. All right, and the other two are commended. So this shows us that God gives us things to multiply our effectiveness, to invest, to to steward, and to be a good steward doesn't mean just to give God back the exact same amount he gave us, right? It means to, to multiply it, mm -hmm. right? To, to invest it for the kingdom, to put it at risk, the potential of loss, in order to maximize gain, mm. right? Well, I think one thing from that parable that we miss at times is when the, um, the steward of, of the one talent, when the master confronts him, he says, um, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed, so I was afraid. So he's basically saying, hey, you're a thief. You take what doesn't belong to you all the time. We don't know whether that's true or not necessarily, but we see where this guy's perception of who his master is drives the way that he fails to invest ultimately. Yeah. So he's afraid. He's afraid of God, we would mm -hmm. say. Well, he's afraid of God. He's afraid of judgment He's afraid, or whatever. He believes he's bad or yeah. whatever it is. And so, but honestly, the, the reason might, in one sense, the reason doesn't matter because... Right. You were given something to multiply. You were given something to invest. You're, you're, you know, you were entrusted with something, and your job isn't to make excuses or whatever. Your job is to multiply. Your job mm -hmm. is to, to give that, you know, give that and, and, and multiply it. So, mm. everything that we've been given by God, we are. He's entrusted it to us. He's overseeing it. He's watching how we use it, and we will. Uh, uh, Ultimately, we'll be held accountable mm. for that, right? So, does that still go for um, being a good steward of our, of our time? Is that is that a part of this as well? Yeah, I mean, the Apostle Paul says, "Making good use of the time because the days of evil, like we, because the days are evil." We are commanded to make good use of our time, not to squander our time on stupid things. Um, Proverbs talks a lot about not wasting your time on worthless pursuits. Mm -hmm. I'm always trying to tell my son that most of the video games he's doing, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. worthless pursuits. Yeah. Now, it's okay to have fun. It's okay to sp spend your entertainment time doing that. But how many young men are spending 12 hours a day, literally mm -hmm. 8 to 12 hours a yeah. day, playing video games? Mm -hmm. you know, that, that is a worthless pursuit. Mm. I mean, even when you look deeper to that, I mean, I know we can, it's obvious to see with kids with video games because there's a controller in their hand and they're looking in front of this big flat screen TV. But, you know, this, it's, the same goes for us. When we look at the time on our phone, yeah. how much time have we actually spent mm -hmm. on our phone from social media apps to, to whatever it is? And sometimes it's six to eight hours a day. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. we say we don't have time. So when it comes to the time, it's important that we're investing our time into things that yield returns like returns for the kingdom, mm -hmm. investing our time in our kids, investing our time in scripture reading and what we're talking about now, spiritual disciplines, investing our time in, the, in work in the kingdom, serving at church, um, loving our wife, building a business, being an entrepreneur. Those are mm -hmm. all uh, ways to invest our time mm -hmm. that bring about a positive return mm -hmm. that, that help us build a legacy, right? Right. Where obviously laying on the couch and just watching Netflix or being on our phone most of the time that can devolve into worthless pursuits pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, sure. it becomes just laziness and being a sluggard, a sluggard rolls over in bed and he just won't, he just flips and flips and flops in bed. Proverbs mm -hmm. says he just, he just wants to sleep forever. Mm -hmm. yeah. And a, and a, you know, a little slumber, a little folding hands of rest and poverty jumps on you mm -hmm. like a robber, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what happens.
Yeah, and that's probably not viewing even your time as a resource that's been given to you by God and not seeing that you don't, you're not even promised tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're not, I mean, to waste, to waste time is to, to waste the most precious resource that you really have mm-hmm. and the, the best gift that you really didn't deserve at all. Mm-hmm. Like life itself that gives you time to mm-hmm. live it for the glory of God. So, yeah. wow. That's good. That's good. Yeah. So when we're talking about stewardship, I've always heard this growing up and it's, you know, in the church, it's basically, you've got three avenues. You got your time, you've got your talent and you've got your treasure, time, talent, and treasure. So our time is precious to us. It takes time to come over here to the building and serve. And we had a bunch of folks show up today on a spur of the moment, needed to move the chairs from the basement to the sanctuary and, handful of folks did that and that's them giving their time to the work of the Lord and that's precious they could have been working they could have been being with their kids they could have done a lot of things so we're to see ourselves as stewards of time and to me that that means like like God's called us to serve the poor so at least once a month I want to be investing in serving the poor Mm -hmm. through our missional community mission night right I don't want to just be you know, have a heart for the poor. I want to actually be investing time into the poor. And then, and then talent, your talent is, you could call it your spiritual gift. There's a million, there's a lot of different ways you can talk about your talent Mm -hmm. that God uniquely wired every single one of us. There's not one human being that's the same. We go through the scripture. We see that there's a lot of quote unquote spiritual gifts but the funny thing about those spiritual gifts is most of them don't look very spiritual. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you have the gift of administration. <laughs> you have the gift of leadership. Yeah. And then, you, you, of course, you've got prophecy and you've got things like that. <clears throat> but you got the gift of serving, hospitality. These are ways that God has wired each and every one of us that we're all a little bit different. Yeah. Um, I've got some gifts in construction and you know leadership and, and things like that. And so... I, this, I mean, this, this project that we're doing at the, at the new, new building, because of the way God wired me and because of my life experience and the way that he led me in my past, I've been able to invest. <clears throat> I mean, I'm, I'm saving the church no less than $100,000 uh, by uh, general contracting this, uh, this remodel myself. And as I was thinking one of these days, I was like, man, how weird that I like just started enjoying construction work when I was like 18, 19 years old, I started enjoying it. And so much so that I like middle of my sophomore year at Augustana, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm done with this. I was going to college for business administration and I just wanted to run a business. Mm-hmm. I, I like, this is super boring and all mm-hmm. my friends are just going out and partying and it's, it seems like a big waste of time and a waste of money. So I dropped out and just started and went full-time in my construction company and, mm-hmm. and started a, a construction company. And then, you know, did it for whatever, 10, 15 years and then ended up going back and finishing my degree and get my business administration to undergrad. But um, building homes, doing all the stuff that I've, I did. And then while I was, I was a youth pastor and I was like a uh, part-time youth pastor, all of that, God gifted me for it. Mm-hmm. God orchestrated my life for it. And maybe all of that was just to get me to this moment so I could do this for the church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
It's pretty weird. Mm -hmm. uh, never would have for, foresaw that mm. uh, in my past until now. So I thought that's pretty cool. That's that good. Is cool. So, so we've all got talents. Yeah. And we're meant to use those talents. We're meant to invest those talents into the kingdom. So mm -hmm. whether you're a money guy, you know, whether you're a homemaker, uh, whatever it is, your, your gifts and your talents are meant to be leveraged for God's kingdom. That, that could mean oriented towards your home, raising yeah. disciple makers, you know, raising little disciples and being a disciple maker and, and raising up Christians that'll go out and bless the world and build God's kingdom. But it's also meant to be oriented towards his church. Yeah. And I think it's super good too, because even when you talk about talents and gifts, um, first Peter talks about how we're not supposed to like hoard those gifts to ourselves. We're not supposed to keep those gifts to ourselves, but we should be utilizing them to honor God in every step of the way. And like a lot of us, we don't want to use our gifts mm -hmm. because we see guys like you, right? You're on stage or you, you could see you doing the contracting and all the different things. But every single one of us are, are supposed to bring our, our gifts to the table. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. So I would say, you know, you should, we should all do an inventory, mm -hmm. you know, kind of like an inventory and say, what am I good at? Yeah. Right? How has God gifted me? Yeah. What we're going to see in um, John chapter 6 is Jesus... He just, he, I mean, he, Jesus has, I, I guess you could say Jesus has all the gifts. Uh, but, he has all the spiritual gifts, bro. Yeah, but he shows that he's got a, a wonderful gift of hospitality. Yeah. You know? Mm. And uh, he feeds, whatever, 15,000 people. And there's plenty to spare and plenty left over. Jesus, you know, turns water into wine, and it's amazing wine. So he shows that, he shows us how he sees people. He sees human beings he knows what's in their heart. He knows they're sinners, but he still sees them as valuable and he wants to bless them and he wants to provide for them. And so he does that in an outstanding way. So people that have the gift of hospitality, like that's a real thing, you know, like I have, like I have a gift of construction and, and, you know, I can visualize things and I can see where, um, I've learned a little bit about architecture and I understand how, you know, you open up a room, it's going to feel like this, you use these paint colors, it's going to feel like that. Yeah. But my wife is so much better at hospitality and, you know, artistic stuff, she knows how, you know, to add the plants and to bring in the life and the, the, the you know, the, the pictures and all of the stuff that mm -hmm. makes it feel like a home. Right. Yeah. And uh, she's doing that here in, in our building as well. So each one of us has a gift that's meant to be used for the body of Christ. And that very rarely you have, so I'm gonna have to say this, you, you have to put yourself out there. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I don't have the spiritual gift of looking at a person and telling <laughs> what they can do. Right. I've been surprised by so many people in this building project that have came up to me and said, hey, man, hey, mm -hmm. I'm a metal worker. I'd like to do some stuff. I'm like, okay, what can you do? Tells me, I'm like, oh, my gosh, yeah, I could use you here, 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 here. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, Bill Berger is just, he, he's done a bunch of our railings. He built this killer cross. For the back of our for the back of our stage, um, and then we've got you know like Justin Danielson shows up, mm -hmm. and I'm like, what can you do? And he starts telling me, and, you know, he's a humble guy, so but basically he can do everything. Yeah. <laughs> and so he helped me with uh, framing, yeah. helped me with all kind of construction. He's run wires for us. He's run a screen. He's he's got a background in landscaping, so he helped pick out all the plants in the landscaping. There's just been so many people like that who've stepped in. Oh, we can paint, and then. You know, wow, you you're a good painter. So now we can, you know, yeah, we can use you sure. as a painter. Hey, 
I just have the gift of going to buy snacks for the workers. All right, well, that is a... a right. Every worker here knows the names of the people that are bringing snacks. Oh, yeah. Because they're just yeah. like, hey, hey, she, <laughs> hey, we'll help you get that out yeah, of your yeah. car. You know? <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, hospitality's uh, key. Uh, yeah, hospitality's <laughs> key. But there's just so many... We have to put ourselves out there. We can't be the type of people that, that sit back and wait to be asked. Yeah. Because no one knows that you play the harmonica. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? No, no yeah. one knows that you're a guitarist unless yeah. you're putting videos out on YouTube or something. Absolutely. Nobody knows that you're a phenomenal reader. Nobody knows that whatever that gift is, mm -hmm. you actually have to let somebody know that. And I know that can kind of feel like maybe putting yourself out there or maybe, you you know, oh, I'm not proud, so I'm going to do that. But that's not being proud. Um, we, we see that the, the guys that got out there and used their gift and multiply their talents those are the guys that were commended. Right. Stewarding your gift doesn't mean like, I guess in a way, like selfishly protecting it. I, I've, I've been around, you know, it, it's, it's always encouraging me when somebody comes up in the church is like, oh, I play an instrument or I can sing. And sometimes they're kind of like insecure about it. And it's like, okay, well, cool. Like that's like what you're saying, like put yourself out there and then allowing other people to assess that, enjoy that, and then have it be used. Um, it puts you in a vulnerable spot, but it's, uh, I think that's a piece of stewarding it is actually like exercising it, using that gift and not just saying like, yeah, I can, you know, there's those people that's like, yeah, I can do this, but they're kind of like, well, God gave you a gift. You're not even enjoying it to its full potential. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. So we've had artists in yeah. our church in here, painting stuff on the walls, doing cool murals, doing all that kind of stuff. We've got, you know, <clears throat> arborists outside working on the mm -hmm. landscaping, doing stuff. We've got accountants helping us uh, manage the finances behind the scenes and making yeah. sure we're staying within budget and mm. making sure that we get all the receipts taken care of and taken to the bank and then we're getting our payouts from the bank. All this kind of, there's just, I mean, this building has showed me how many gifts are needed yeah. for, a, for a church to function like this and also just how gifted our church is. Yeah. You know, it's it's been you know, amazing. It's so cool it's to cool. see that those things come out of literally come out of the woodworks. Like just, it almost like squeezed it out. of I don't know. I don't know what it was like. It's yeah. just the, all this, these gifts sitting dormant because it looks like we don't, we didn't need them in a past season and maybe we didn't, but we need them now. And it's, yeah. it has been, been really encouraging yeah. to see mm -hmm. people that have the gift of making money. They know how to get out there and make money and they're going to give yeah. 50 grand, a hundred grand, 300 grand towards a building campaign. Like, and they're like, yeah. hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna grind, and I'm gonna, <clears throat> I'm gonna triple my income, and I'm gonna give it, I'm gonna give all the excess to the church. That's it's like, cool. whoa, and that's enabled us to, to, to do what we're doing here in this building. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. you know, so all of us, again, all of us have gifts. We, I think we all can, you know, care for one another. We all, we can teach in the kids ministry. We can do these different things, and. Um, and we're called by God to see these gifts not as a way to make ourselves great, yeah. not just as a way to provide for our family, yeah. not just as a way to build a name for ourselves, but also as a way to serve God's church, mm -hmm. right? You think some people are afraid to use their gifts because of rejection? Yeah, I think we all are. Mm. I think we are. I think ever. I mean... Unless you're a complete narcissist, yeah, you're everybody's afraid to, you know, to 
to fail, to look dumb, yeah. to make a mistake, mm. you know? So, but growth happens and humility is developed by doing it anyways and even and making mistakes and being humble enough to admit those mistakes and yeah. repenting and confessing and making adjustments along the way. Yeah. You know? And that's the only way to grow. You know, your talent, your gift, your nat, maybe your natural gifting or something that God let you gave you to do it only really grows under the pressure or or letting other people ass- again assess that and say like hey that was pretty and you know notice it and say that's pretty good you're pretty good at that what about this you could grow here this could be better yeah. and then it it's not that that doesn't mean you don't have you don't have that gift yeah oh yeah 100% i can't tell you literally there's a countless number of poor sermons that i've preached yep. mm. countless numbers mm. I can't tell you how many times I've miscut something, how many times I've broken something, how many times I, yeah. you know, failed in construction and did something that was wrong and had to mm-hmm. rip it out and redo it. Um, how many times I got chewed out by my boss back in the day, mm-hmm. or I got something pointed out and I felt like a moron. Alex was just talking about how he's learning so much from this construction project because I keep showing him, hey, you see that? That's got to be fixed. Hey, you see that? That's got to be changed. Hey, you see that? Yeah. You see that up there? That, that's not right. And he's like, I've never noticed so much stuff in my life. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And that's what's the difference with a tradesman is they've seen every mistake. Right. Mm. It's not that they've like they know the perfect way to do it. Yeah. It's they've made thousands of mistakes and they've had to fix them. They've mm. seen other people make thousands of mistakes and they just now that they notice. You you just notice everything. It's mm-hmm. like you never want to invite like a carpenter or a trim carpenter or a finished worker to your house mm. because they see all the mistakes. <laughs> You're like, look at this. And they're like, yeah. or a painter. You invite a painter to your house. Ooh. He's going to be like, cause most people, they paint a room and they're like, Oh yeah, it looks pretty good. Yeah. He's looking at the top edge. He's like, Oh, our yeah, designer seeing your picture frames cricket. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, Whoa. <laughs> and that's, it's kind of a curse in a sense. Like, you know, it's like a car guy. If a car guy looks at your car, the first thing he's going to see is he's going to see all the mistakes. He's going to see mm-hmm. everything wrong with it. You know, that's just how it is. But that's how we grow. You know, no one comes out of the room hitting Jimi Hendrix solos. Right. Right. Like you have to plink and make horrible noises Mm -hmm. for a long time before you learn to play the guitar. The same is true for hospitality. The same is true for leadership. The same is true for serving. The same is true for all these things. You're going to make a million mistakes. And humility is not building your identity around your gifts in such a way that you can't be critiqued or Uh, challenged mm. or point or those things pointed at because if you're that type of person you're just never going to be very good yeah Yeah. you're always going to be insecure you're not going to put yourself out there use your gifts for god's kingdom because you're going to be so insecure yeah you know and there's listen there's things in this building we're working with you know an 80 year old building in one side and then like a 50 year old building on the other side and there's some things that the church before us, they just didn't do right. Mm-hmm. You know, they put lights not centered in places. Yeah. And there's some things that were like, hey, we got to work. We just have to work with this. It's not ideal. I'm not going to, I can't do everything perfect. If I did everything perfect, our budget would go by another $200,000. So yeah, I can't right. move that light. It's not centered. It's going to bother me for the rest of my life in this building. But most people won't notice it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yeah, And sure. I've got to be humble enough to be like, that's okay. It's not a big deal. And then when somebody says, hey, man, why is that not centered? I'm going to blame it on the other church. (laughs) (laughs) I know it. I I noticed it. it. I saw it. (laughs) I saw it too, but I ain't paying to fix it. All right? So 
So that, you know, putting yourself out there, doing something like that, putting yourself out there, everybody, it's easy to critique, but it's hard to create, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. but again, all of this has been given to us by God and we're meant to use it. I'm trying to teach my kids this because I've got my two oldest, both can sing and, and yet they're scared to death to mm. sing in front of people and they're just, you know, they're refusing to do it. So am I. <clears throat> you just do it. <laughs> if they're listening, probably not. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> probably not. But that, that, that'd be helpful coming from you. Yeah, so whatever gift God has, God has given you, how are you using it to serve your people, mm-hmm. your family, and how are you using it to serve God's kingdom? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a good question, mm-hmm. right? So we've got um, time, we've got talent, mm-hmm. and the last one, everybody's favorite, Ooh. is treasure. Now, in the Old Testament, this was um, overseen rather stri- stringently. Yeah. You know, you you had it. Basically, you were given like over thirty percent of all of your increase. You were to give back to God through yeah. your tithes. Tithe is a word that means ten, ten percent. And then you were you had all kinds of gifts to the poor. You had all kind of alms. You had all kind of they had several different celebrations throughout the year that they had to provide for. They had a whole year of jubilee that they had to release all of their debtors, anybody that owed money to them. And so all of that, and you're, they're given like a third of their income uh, back to the kingdom of God. And in the New Testament, we're not given any strict numbers per se. Yeah. I mean, we are. It does say like when you tithe and things like this, but <clears throat> the the real measure of giving of our treasure in the New Testament is just called generous giving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we're to be cheerful and generous and sacrificial mm-hmm. in our giving. And what we say at Sacred City is, hey, under the old covenant, it started at ten percent, yeah. and that was legalistic and law based. Well, now we are under completely under grace, and we have King Jesus, who gives us everything we need. So at least we should be starting there, right? You know, like yeah. we should be. If you want to be a generous giver, you need to be giving at least ten percent of your uh, gross salary. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. that's before Uncle Sam takes his. Now I don't listen. Well, Uncle Sam takes so much. Yeah, he does, and this is why it's so important for us to give God first, and then to have a biblical understanding of the government and of taxation and to say, man, this is why we don't believe in, you know, big government. This is why we, we don't believe that the government has an unequivocal right to take from us however much money they want to take from us. Right. They they take more than 10%. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Most of us, they're taking around 30% and it's, it's, you know, a lot of that is theft. A lot of that is not biblical. Mm -hmm. Um, they're, you know, doing all kind of ungodly things. Uh, th- their role in our lives has been expanded to such a, you know, a, a, a state that now we basically are living in a nanny state. We all have old, you know, it's not Uncle Sam anymore, it's Papa Sam. We got yeah. Papa Sam who wants to provide for us things that the government should not be providing for us, that we should be providing for ourselves. Yeah. And, the, you know, a lot of times the bigger, obviously the bigger the government gets and the, and the farther they get from the working man and woman, <clears throat> the more irresponsible they get with the, with the money, right? So I'm not going to go into all that right now. But the point is we are um, to be ch- cheerful givers. And, and 
God everything that you've been given. So your, your paycheck comes from God. So think about it. He's given you your gifts and your talents. Mm-hmm. Your ability in the Old Testament says he gives us the power to get wealth. So he gives us the ability to get wealth, whether that's a strong back, whether that's a brilliant mind, whether that's super your creativity, <clears throat> whatever that is, he gave you that gift, okay? So you use the body he gave you, you use the mind he gave you, you're breathing the air he gave you, you're on the land he gave you, eating the food he gave you, using the gifts he gave you, and then he funnels resources to you, right? Yeah. And many of us say mine. No. Mm. Yeah. Right? Mm. That is the epitome of a bad steward. Yeah. You know if... What, what would the manager do if he showed up and that's your mentality? Yeah, that's actually what he did in the parable. Cast him out. He would cast him out, <clears throat> call him a wicked servant. And so we, we, gotta, we gotta be aware of that. Like mm-hmm. we've, we've gotta be aware. Of, and we, hey, listen, that's a natural temptation. Mm-hmm. That's a natural temptation for everyone. Um, when the money gets tight, when the economy sucks, when things get difficult, we look at 10% going to the church and we, one of our first, inc- oh, man, some of us are like, all right, I got to, I got to cut back on my giving. And that's not the right answer, right? right? Mm-hmm. The right answer is um, to cut back somewhere else or to figure it out, have a meeting with somebody to get creative and ways to make money or save money or, or whatever. But the answer isn't to cut back because your, your, your money that God gives you and that you give back to God the money you give back to God, that tithe or that, that those gifts, that's seed. Yeah. And the New Testament t- says he, God promises to give seed to the sower. And if you sow a lot, obviously, if you sow two seeds of corn, you're going to get a small harvest. Mm-hmm. If you sow 10,000 seeds of corn, you're going to get a bigger harvest. Yeah. Right? And so if we, st- if we cut back on our giving in lean times, what's that going to do to our harvest? Mm. Yeah, it's not going to be lean. I mean, it's going to be a lean harvest. Yeah, you've got less way. seed in the ground, right? Mm-hmm. which might mean God fit, God sends less opportunities your way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? I, was, I was reading actually Proverbs 11 this morning, and 11.24 says, One gives freely, yet grows all the richer. Another withholds what he should give and only suffers want. So. There it is. That's it right there. Yeah. So we can look at... The, you know, we don't, if, if what we receive isn't big enough to be a harvest, mm. maybe it's meant to be seed, mm. right? Maybe we're meant to sow it. That's good. Say that again for the people that <laughs> couldn't hear you. <laughs> I said, if what we receive, if what we've got in our hand, what we got in our bank account, if it's not big enough to be a harvest, then maybe it's meant to be seed. Mm. If we eat the seed, if we oh. consume the seed, yeah, right? You're going to maybe get a little bit of nourishment out of that, but that's not what seed's for. Mm-hmm. Seed's to be planted in the ground and then to bring out a harvest 30, 60, 100 fold, right? That's mm-hmm. the point. Now, that. obviously, you, this, this teaching, this is a biblical teaching. You reap what you sow. But it can be twisted in ungodly ways that serve m- mammon, it's called, serve our, the love of money. And that's called the prosperity gospel. Basically, you know, you give a thousand dollars, God's gonna give you ten. You give a yeah. hundred thousand, God's gonna give you a million. You, you, you know, 
you start naming it and claiming it and saying, you know, I'm going to have a Lexus and I'm going to have this and I'm going to have that. That God's not giving you seed to sow so that you can spend more money on yourself. Mm-hmm. Primarily, he's giving you seed to sow so that you can build the kingdom. Yeah. Like you can invest in the kingdom. If people weren't sacrificially giving, there's no way we would have this building that we have right now and mm-hmm. all the stuff in it and the way that we're going to be able to serve this city, right? It just, we mm-hmm. wouldn't be able to pay the staff that we've got and hire the people that we've hired. So <clears throat> we have to remember that we are stewards of the resources that God gives us. Even in lean times, we should be giving and tithing and sowing that seed to get a to get a harvest. Yeah. So what do you say to the people that um, maybe grew up and never really had any type of financial understanding of money and how things work? They can make a lot of money or they can be poor. Mm-hmm. So what do we say to those people? Mm-hmm. Well, there's lots of ways to learn. Um, we teach, I teach a class called the Biblical Guide to Giving or something like that in our membership class that I go through kind of like the biblical theology of giving and, and money and we could talk about that. You could look at the Canon Plus app. Mm-hmm. On the Canon Plus app, Doug Wilson has like a five-part series on money or stewardship and resources. You can find Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey's got some great stuff mm-hmm. on finances. Um, don't agree with everything he teaches, but um, he's a great place for people to start. Mm-hmm. So, and then you could you could literally look up money and tithes and giving uh, in your. Bible concordance and go to all the Bible verses there. You can do yep. that. Mm-hmm. So there's lots of places to start. And then you can also <clears throat> schedule an appointment with somebody from our financial team. And these are all um, money guys that are also Christians and they understand how to make money, how to invest money, how to multiply money, how to save money, how insurance works and all that. And um, they can help you create a budget. Mm-hmm. Right? That's good. That's good. <clears throat> Again, most of us, you know, we don't come out of the womb being good with money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about what a steward is. And I, and I think I'm, I'm often helped by the sort of antithesis. Like what, I don't know if there's one word for it or one picture for it. Like what, what comes to mind for you when you think of somebody who's like, what's the opposite of being a, a steward? Obviously, there's a good steward and bad steward, but some, you know, is there is there mm-hmm. a picture that comes to mind or some common traits to look for in yourself? If, you're, you if you're good or bad, yeah. Well, the f- I think the easiest one first is like, am I a tither? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not the only one. It's just the first hurdle. Yeah, and some people have made really bad decisions, and so they, you know, financial decisions and student debt and credit card debt and all this kind of stuff. So they, they can only start, they, they say they can only start like 2% or three, three to 5%. Mm-hmm. And I say, that's fine, but increase, try to increase by 1% or 2% every single year, pay off your debts, get out of debt and then get to 10%. Mm-hmm. But then once you get to 10%, that doesn't like mean bang, I'm a, I'm a good steward because God might be multiplying you in order so that you could give 50%. Yeah. JC Penny, the guy who founded JC Penny was a Christian and he set a salary for himself and said, I'm not going to go above this. Mm-hmm. So much so that basically at the end of his life, he was giving 90% of his income and he was living on 10% mm-hmm. because 
you know, stock options and all these different things, he was making ridiculous money. And he, you know, the Bible warns us for the love of money because the Proverbs talks about that, you know, the eyes of man are never satisfied. Right. The eyes of man are never satisfied. You get, you start making a hundred thousand dollars a year. You think you th grow up thinking, man, if I could ever make a hundred grand, I would be so happy. And you make a hundred grand and you get, you start hanging out with people that make that much money or more. And then all of a sudden you realize they've got bigger toys. They've got better toys. You, you, your eyes aren't satisfied. You need yes. a bigger house. You need, you need a boat. You need these things. You, you need whatever these things are. You know, I think I just saw, I can't even remember now, but you know, Conor McGregor, you know, famous U UFC fighter or whatever, you know, he's could be potentially a billionaire. He's up there. He's getting close. <clears throat> but I think he bought a hundred million dollar mega yacht. Wow. A hundred million dollar boat. That he just hangs out on. Not He doesn't live there. Yeah, well, he could live there. <laughs> but I'm like, a hundred million dollar boat? Isn't that like a cruise ship? Yeah, <laughs> like I know, an ocean right? liner? Oh, wow. hundred million dollar boat. But that's just, that's the thing. Like, your eyes will never be satisfied. There will always be something else. So if you're not actively seeking the Lord mm -hmm. and and really act like, God, what does generosity look for me? What does sacrificial giving mm -hmm. look like for me? Yep. Because there, the, the kingdom of God is always funded by just everyday normal people giving their 10%. I mean, it's just how it goes on. But great things have happened through really generous yeah. men and women yeah. who just had the gift of making money. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they were, and they also had the gift of sacrificial giving so they could drop a million dollars. They could drop $100,000. They could do this for, you know, buying people, buying buildings or investing in startup ministries or planting churches or training men for seminaries, starting schools. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like mm -hmm. that's the kind of work um, that, Man, it's just it's just beautiful when it happens. Yeah, you know. So we need to be constantly evolving and constantly evaluating what does God want for me yeah. in this season of my life. And again, mm -hmm. maybe He gave me that raise not so I could raise my standard of living, but so I could raise genuinely raise my standard of giving. Mm -hmm. So I got a ten percent raise. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm not gonna use that at all. I'm just gonna increase my giving by ten percent mm -hmm. or whatever. You know. Yeah. Mm. To your question, Joel, um, kind of marks for greed. We'll call it greed, right? Name it what it is or what it can be. I think I think it was John Rockefeller, famously when asked how much money is enough, said a little bit more, <laughs> right? So when you're thinking about your money, yeah. ask yourself the question: How much would I be satisfied with, right? And if your answer is a little bit more, a little bit more, yeah, right. That that's indicating something to you. Yeah. Yeah, I just think it's helpful to you know, some sometimes I think, or I recognize I'm in a position of I don't know what I don't know. Mm. And then you get to that place of I do know what I or you become aware of what you didn't mm -hmm. know. It doesn't mean you're great at it. And so maybe step one along the way of trying to become a good steward in these things we're talking about is just admitting to yourself that you might be a bad one. Mm -hmm. Um and yeah, that's, that's, that's good. Yeah, like, maybe I'm greedy. Yeah. And, yeah, that, that it's helpful to name it, so. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> I would say the, 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 the scary side is Malachi says, you've been cursed 
And they're like, why have we been cursed? And they're like, because you've robbed God mm. of his tithes and offerings. Mm. They're like, what do you mean? When have I robbed God? When you weren't paying your tithes and offerings, yeah. you robbed God. And what that's saying is the church is one of the most important institutions on the face of the planet. Mm-hmm. I say one of because I think the, you know, the family is, the, the family is very important as well, but the church is, if, if not the most important, it's the second most important yeah. on planet earth. And the church exists and functions through the generosity of God's people. Like that's the way God set it up. It was meant to funnel resources, to pay pastors, to pay ministers, to serve the poor, right? To preach the gospel, to spread the gospel around the globe. That's what it's there for. And if the church doesn't have the resources to do that, the gospel doesn't go out, Mm -hmm. right? right? And that means people don't get saved and nations don't get discipled and the great commission doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Right, so God has ordained mm-hmm. the means of the Christianization of the world, and that's through the local church, and the local church functions through the giving of God's people. Mm-hmm. So, what do we what do we say to uh, the people? Like when you look at James, it talks about um, if you give someone, uh, someone asks you for a coat, they ask you for food, they ask you for these things, and you say, "Go, go away in peace," right? Mm-hmm. And you you have no faith, you have no works. Um, so, what if the people say? Well, I gave all my tithes to the church, but go in peace. Get out of here. Um, so what do we say to those people that don't help the poor and don't help those that are in need um, because they have given to the church? Yeah. So should we b- do both and? Yeah, that, yeah, that's a good question. I think we should do both and. Our giving to the church is the most important, but um, God's going to bring people into our life. Now, listen, that does not mean that you have to give to every single person who's panhandling on the side of the road. <laughs> right, 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 for sure. But if you have somebody in your missional community or somebody that's close to you and they have genuine need and you have the means to help them, that it's a sin just to pray for them. That's a sin just to pray for them. You, yeah. you should meet their needs, yeah. right? So, I mean, that's what we do in missional communities. We want MCs to come together around their members and help them, you know, help them in those, in those situations, yeah. right? Um, yeah. So I think the opposite of a generous giver, the Bible calls a wicked and bad servant Mm -hmm. or a thief Mm -hmm. like that. That's 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 good. That's what the Bible calls it. Um, you know, and there's a million different excuses and there's sometimes it's just ignorance and sometimes it's also laziness and sometimes it's um, greed. It, a lot of times it's greed and self-centeredness, but there's some people that are just genuinely not organized and they're just not good with their money, mm-hmm. you know? And they, they need to be disciplined. They need to get in counseling. They need to get help. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's, again, that we need to be remember, we need to remember this is a discipline. Mm-hmm. It means it's never easy. Yeah. It means it's going to, we're going to get we're going to be bad at it and we got to learn how to get better at it. We got to grow in it. It's going to take a lot of practice. I'm giving, being consistent giver takes a lot of practice. So I I say for most people that can do it, you know, you need to make it automatic. One of the best things we've got now is automatic withdrawal. Mm -hmm. Like just make it automatic. And, um, I know it gets complicated. People work on commission and people get bonuses at the end of the year and all kind of stuff. 
but just set that 10% or more and make it automatic. And man, watch. The Bible tells us God will open up the windows of heaven mm-hmm. and pour out a blessing on us that we can't contain. Yeah. That's, what the, that's that promise. Yeah. If, if we tithe, if we, if we give our offerings, if we are faithful to him. And as a guy who's, you know, I was, I've been basically blue collar my whole life. Um, I mean, now obviously I've got a couple of degrees and stuff, but I'm still, I consider myself a, a blue collar guy and never, you know, had a lot of financial education or like that. But I was taught to tithe from, I mean, the moment I had my first job, I was taught mm-hmm. to tithe. Um, I've never done without. I've always seen God meet my needs. I've always seen God provide in crazy different ways. There were times that I'd, I'd give money, not know, you know, like I'd tithe and, and I knew if I tithe, I do not have the money to pay all of my bills this mm-hmm. month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I would tithe. And, and there were times people walked up and gave me $100 bills. There was times we went out to the mailbox and we found a check in the mail, mailbox, a random check in the mailbox. And I'm like, what? Where did <laughs> this come good, from? Brother. And it was just like, God is testing me. Yeah. Like he says, test me in this. This is one of the only times that, Bob, that God says to test him. Mm. He says, test me in giving of tithes and offerings. Yeah. Test me and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven yeah. and pour out a blessing on you. So for those who are struggling with it, man, I'd say... Don't eat your seed, right? Sow your seed, yep. give your seed, tithe, and test God on it and see yeah. what happens, right? That's good. You're never going to be upset that you've o- obeyed God. Yeah. Right? And teach your kids to do likewise, yeah. right? Because they're watching. They're watching your relationship with your money. Um, and they're, they're pointing to that. They know where your money goes. They know where your time goes. They know where your talent goes, right? They know if, if you tend towards, okay, go play and, and, and get out of my face, right? That, that time piece, they know if you're, you're spending money on lavish things. Starbucks of, every single day, yeah. multiple yeah. times a day. Every yeah. time you go by Starbucks, the kids got, want to go through mm-hmm. and you're dropping 20, 30 bucks at Starbucks yeah. all the time. And yeah, you know, you're forming souls, you're forming souls, you're so shaping you well little disciples. And, um, you know, and many times, man, again, the more money you make, the more opportunities you have to blow it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More money, more problems. More money, more problems. <laughs> yeah. That's it. You know, you're going to get habits. You're going to get habits of fancy. I'm looking at my, my coffee setup right now. Fancy coffee and wine and drinks and, and desserts. And I mean, my kids, man, we want to bless our children. We want to have a... Right. A really fun childhood. I'm I'm crafting souls and I'm crafting childhoods. Um, we're going on vacations. We're doing all this stuff, but we're also trying to make them really grateful to God and reminding them every day that these are gifts from God. And um, I'm I'm one sense I I hope I am spoiling my girls that they're never going to settle for some knucklehead who can't pay the bills. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know, you better be able to provide as good as my dad or better. Yeah, for I'm sure. hoping I'm I'm spoiling them in that, and I'm. The opposite for my son. I'm, I'm like, boy, you better make money. You, <laughs> yeah. you see what it takes. Yeah, hard work. You better see what it takes. So stewardship is a discipline that we're all called to grow in. Yeah. So ask yourself, how am I stewarding my time, my talent, my treasure? How can I leverage what God has given me to multiply the impact for the kingdom of God? And all of that, man, listen, you're making investments in the only place where rust and moth mm-hmm. yes. and decay cannot yes. get to. Yep. 
that new car is going to rust in mm-hmm. Iowa. It's going to rust. It's going to decay. It's going to break down. It's going to sure. need new tires. That house, it's going to need upkeep. You can make good, decent investments there, but the best investment is in the kingdom of God that every dime you put towards it, every minute you put towards it is going to reap eternal rewards. Yeah. We're never going to get to heaven and be upset about money we gave to God's kingdom, time we invested in God's kingdom, and our talent we invested in God's kingdom. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Well, hopefully this was helpful. We do not mean to just heap up guilt and rules upon you. And you need to remember the gospel. Remember Jesus, again, he owns everything. He gave up everything to adopt you into the family of God, to, to save you from your sin. And now everything he's given you is an absolute gift of grace that you don't deserve. And so, man, take what you've been given, rejoice in it, and then give a portion of it back to his kingdom and let him multiply. We love you. We're praying for you. God bless.